I read a lot. Not as much as I used to, or even as much as I would like, but still, I read when I can. And one thing I did after the service, not immediately because I had to go through sort of a grieving phase because the army had been such a big part of my life. I mean, it was my life and it ended much quicker than I wanted it to or believed that it would. But once I got past that and I was able to start moving past the feelings of resentment and sadness and shame to some degree, it was enough so that I began to try to find ways to connect back with the military and to connect with other veterans. It was during this time that I began reading again, and several of the first books I chose were either written by service members or veterans or just military related. The first book I picked up, which had been recommended to me by a civilian friend, was Sebastian Younger's Tribe on Homecoming and Belonging. I was so surprised by what I found in that book that I often found myself reading a page twice because the level at which I could relate to what Younger was saying was astonishing to me. The next book I would read was Red Platoon by Medal of Honor recipient Clinton Romache, and after that it would be Dog Company by Captain Roger Hill. And again, I found myself relating to certain parts of these stories, which may or may not come as a surprise to some listeners. Because I'm aware, here I am, a female army veteran, uh, something I was often referred to back in the service was a pogue, a person other than grunt for those who don't know. Someone like me who held a non-combat MOS. But combat arms positions were not open to women when I enlisted and they were barely opening up as I was heading out the door. I served as an automated logistical specialist attached to the 1st Squadron 4th Cavalry Regiment which I guess is a fancy way of saying, if you were in the cavalry and your truck or your weapon broke, I could locate, retrieve, and deliver what you needed to make that equipment functional and mission ready. I was also part of my brigade's female engagement team, which I completed training for just prior to our deployment to Afghanistan. I certainly did not have the military experience that Clinton Romache or any of his guys in 361 had, I didn't have the same deployment as Captain Roger Hill or any of his guys from Dog Company. But that didn't mean I couldn't understand some of the stuff they were saying. It didn't mean that I couldn't understand the bond that existed between those men that were at Camp Keating. And it didn't mean I couldn't understand what Hill meant when he said that he didn't put much effort into building connections or friendships when he felt that those connections could not compare to what he was used to from his military service. I think a lot of veterans get it wrong when they say storytelling is for those that held a certain position in the military. I think some veterans have it wrong when they tell service members and veterans like me that their service doesn't count and therefore neither do our experiences. Stories are important. Through sharing my own and listening to other veterans share theirs, I have learned we relate more than we initially realize. So yes, I was a pogue. I was a paper pusher. All my pew pew action took place on a range rather than in Afghan villages or on convoys. And it's true that I didn't have some crazy war story to come home with. I don't have medals or awards to prove any heroic action. 
but I was there. I know what it feels like to be lost after leaving the service or after returning from the combat zone and then wanting to go back. I may have not had the right MOS, but it didn't stop me from having tight-knit bonds that I grew to depend on. The guard posts and the ECPs I sat in during the days and nights may not have been hit, but I did have to stand by and wait for those combo blackouts to end to figure out which towers had been hit, which neighboring cops or fobs had been hit, and which guys from my unit may or may not have made it to the next morning. The nightmares and anxiety I faced didn't come from war, from what I saw or failed to do. It came from actions of other service members, actions that they had taken towards me. So yes, the experience differed, but the outcome had its similarities. And the PTSD that stemmed from it has its wear and tear for its own reasons and in its own ways. The reason why I hesitated for so long to open up and to reach out and to ask for help was because I was not mentally prepared for the responses, the backlash, or the criticism that I knew would come not from civilians, but from my fellow vets. As I continued to read, watch, and listen to men of war tell their stories that I could understand or that I could relate to, I would also be reading, watching, and listening to veterans say that people like me can't know, can't understand, and if we say that we do, we're either lying or trying too hard to place ourselves besides better men. My father served in Vietnam during the Vietnam War. Both of my grandfathers left their farms and families as young boys become men far away overseas during World War II. One of those grandfathers was in the Army and the other was in the Marine Corps. Even my great aunt, who was one of the sisters of my grandfather that served in the army, was in the Women's Army Corps during World War II. And then there's me, who served with my cavalry unit during Operation Enduring Freedom. And at that time, I was married to a veteran who had been an infantryman during Operation New Dawn and Operation Iraqi Freedom. From the tragic stories I heard about Vietnam and the tales I heard regarding World War II, even the stories of my great aunt, whose plane which she was piloting after it had gone down and they believed that she was dead, but only the slightest movement gave way to a still beating heart, which allowed her to be rescued and recovered. Those stories. I can say I've heard plenty of stories of horror, fear, extraordinary actions, unbelievable failures, and I've seen plenty of people struggle. I've seen a lot of hidden pain. I know there are unspoken words, untold stories, and a hell of a lot of forgotten memories because things just didn't get written down. In 2012, I went to a combat zone, and while I didn't have the same experiences as the men in my life, I did see the cruelty of human nature. And I saw what war-torn histories do to a region and to its people. I saw what injustices women in a third world country face, 
and I've had to fight my own fair share of battles that were waiting for me once I returned home. And they were battles that I could not talk about because I didn't have the right rank. I didn't have the right MOS. I didn't have the right unit and I wasn't the right gender. By focusing so hard on what I was or better yet, what I was not, people refused to even slightly attempt to understand why someone like me would or could understand loss, detachment, disconnect and struggle that you find waiting for you when you return from a deployment or after leaving the service. I've mentioned that I had my own battles and while those battles didn't take place in a combat zone necessarily like they do for others, they were battles that nonetheless left deep scars and trauma. Two things I was left to heal from alone and in silence. I may not have seen what you have seen and I'm quite sure some of you listening have not had to see or experience some of the things I've had to both endure and survive. I may not know wars from the combat arms side, but I know the wars that take place inside your head. I may not know the war you know, but I know what it is like to fight for your life, to fight for someone beside you, to be ready to sacrifice yourself, ready to take action even when you're absolutely terrified, and what it feels like to lose friends to suicide. I also know what it's like to want to die and what it's like to spend nights being forced awake time and time again because of the dreams you're frightened of. And to bear the weight of death, disorder, or destruction. It's true. I'm not a man of war. But I have seen my share of messed up shit in this world. And if veterans could start seeing that, seeing that we aren't so different, or that at the least have some things in common, regardless of where we served, what we were, or what we did or didn't do. If we quit looking for reasons to divide ourselves, if we quit singling each other out for moments of weakness or for just struggling, having human reactions to things, if we quit searching for ways to degrade or downplay another service, a service that might mean the world to them, whether or not they did something extraordinary, if we quit helping each other to the edge and providing the excuses as to why we should jump, why we should quit, why we should kill ourselves. I mean, we can blame society all we want for not understanding us. We can point the finger at the VA. We can cry about policy changes that allow others the opportunity to be the type of warrior that too many of us believe are the only kind of veteran worthy of praise, worthy of help, or worthy of recognition. By being comfortable with attacking other veterans for their job, their gender, their role in the service, by saying only veterans of war can suffer and only combat veterans can have PTSD, only combat veterans can write about or share their story. You're saying some veterans have earned the right to be heard. You're saying veterans that were abused, raped, beaten, or harassed can't have PTSD. You're saying that the minority vets as well as some of the largest fractions of our military have not earned the right to share their experiences. And in turn, you say that it's okay if there are veterans out there suffering. It's okay that there are veterans out there that are homeless, that there are veterans out there struggling. 
you're saying that you're okay that veteran suicide continues, that you're okay with the fact that fellow veterans are having their time in service, their sacrifices, or even their achievements torn apart or dismissed. I know a lot of people put up their hashtags. People sell their t-shirts and their stickers and say they care about everyone dying, whether it's by their own hand, the VA's negligence, or for something else. But until you take the responsibility for the shit you say to someone, for the actions you take, and for the ways in which those words and actions help people move closer to the ledge, you're doing nothing more than profiting off a tragic situation. Profiting off people who have decided that death is the better option. So expand your view. Try viewing things from another perspective. Pick up a book that isn't about combat or war. Read someone else's story. Learn. Realize that we can be changed, destroyed, hurt, or even knocked down by so much more. So much more that occurs outside the battlefield. If you want to keep more people from choosing suicide, start learning what it is that's pushing people down that road. Start attempting to understand why PTSD is so prevalent. Stop with the crap about it being because women are in the ranks or because weak people are destroying your beautiful military. Your beautiful military was destined for that when service members made the decision to rape, kill, or harass their fellow service members. That happened when leaders decided to abuse their power and people began worrying about themselves far more than the people to their left and right. Trust me, I am all too aware that we are not all in the same fight. We do not all have each other's backs like we say we do. Not every person wants a CNN to veteran suicide because too many still believe that suicide is weeding out the weak and too many others are profiting off of it. I do, however, want to believe that things can change. I'm not so naive that I believe one day suicide will truly end, that the number is going to be zero, but I do hope we can change how we interact, that we can listen more, care for one another off camera, do good deeds without needing it to be plastered across the internet, look after one another even when we know there may be no reward or recognition for it, make the damn phone call to a buddy without having to be reminded to do so, to give a shit because we genuinely do, not because a t-shirt or a bumper sticker told us that we should, that we can remember our fallen because they hold a special place in our lives, not because a bracelet has to keep us from forgetting. Memorialize people by making it a mission to ensure that others don't feel lost alone or unheard like too many that are no longer here once did. Again, I am no man of war. I have no extraordinary things to speak or tell of, but I understand more than some realize. And it isn't because I'm lying or desperate to be included or to even be recognized. It's because different experiences can still have similar outcomes just as two separate paths can still meet at a crossroad. You may be able to tell me about the enemy that was outside the wire in that combat zone, but I can tell you about the enemy that existed inside the gates. You can tell me about burned villages and I can tell you stories about women that were lying dead in the street from stones. You may be able to speak of firefights and I can tell you about the bullets that lined the walls of my home. 
You can talk of looking in the face of an enemy, and I can tell you about being in the presence of a person that wants to kill you. I know what running on pure adrenaline and fear is like, planning escapes from more than just myself, shielding another with my body when there was no other buddy or comrade there to count on or put my faith in. We can share our stories of long lost friends, close calls, our suicidal thoughts, our drunken nights to numb our pains, our continued fears, our continued vigilance, the loss of our trust, the empty feeling after you leave the service behind, the isolation, the loneliness, and the longing to go back. If only more veterans were willing to see that we're not so different, those of us that went off to war and those of us that just followed to support, the ones outside the wire and the ones inside. Again, different stories, different perspectives, different experiences with similar pains and struggles. We all have a story. And while that story may not be extraordinary, it's one that deserves the chance to be heard. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more episodes from Cruise Corner, make sure to subscribe. You can listen to episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. If you would like to be featured on a future episode, please reach out to our Instagram page at cruise underscore corner.